Good afternoon. Welcome to all of you here to Element City Church. We are thrilled to have you here, especially if this is your first time. I already met a couple of brand new folks, and so we know it takes courage coming to a new place, and so we're just thrilled that you're here. A couple housekeeping things. If you are new, we've got water out here in the foyer. If you need that, restrooms are to my left, your right, down the hallway, and we're just thrilled to have you here. We'll be for about an hour and 15 minutes. We'll have service together. We're going to worship a little bit, and then I'm going to teach through uh, God's Word. We're kind of in the Sermon on the Mount, which is a famous sermon that Jesus did, looking a little bit more. You were given a card as you came in, and uh, if you're online, uh, you could get a card at home because it's your home, you know where you keep them, uh, and you're welcome to get that, participate with us. You're going to use that to fill out kind of a prayer request at the end of the sermon. I'll walk you through what exactly that might be. We're going to spend some time praying tonight for that and our staff praying over that this coming week, and again, I'll make sure you understand what exactly we're doing with that. But if you happen to be new, we'd love to connect with you. We do that in a couple different ways. You can either download our connection card, which is on our app. If you just open up the app, Element City Church, go to the app store. It's free. You can download that. Hit connection card. A couple quick texts, and we are connected. We'll walk with you the next four or five weeks. Just one text a week. I promise we won't spam you. Uh, but we know it takes courage kind of connecting around a new place and trying to find your footing. And so we want to help you with that. Uh, or you can just text the word hello to our text number which is 520-340-6868. Just text hello to that, and we'll get back in touch with you. You have a couple quick texts, and we're connected. So, everybody doing okay? You're surviving the heat. It was 110 today. Can we just moan? Ugh. Okay, now, but it's a little bit cooler in here, so we're glad that you're here, glad that you're tuning in online if you're watching from home. Um, and so tonight is just a night we're going to worship, we're going to lean into God. Uh, just thrilled that you're here. I know everybody comes with different things going on in life, and so I just invite you for the next hour to say, God, would you just meet me here in this space? Just open your heart to him and uh, to one another. Glad that to be together. We're going to pray for the church of the week, which is Mountain View Baptist Church, and it's Pastor David. And so if you're here in the house, I'm going to invite you to stand as we get ready to worship. Uh, we do this every week. We pray for the church of the week because the reality is we know not one church can reach everybody. And so we want to pray a blessing over Mountain View Baptist. Uh, and we have about 100 different churches all around the city that do this every week and praying. And so so God, uh, tonight as we get ready to worship, as we get ready to lean in together as your church, Father, whether this is our first Sunday, whether it's our 101st Sunday, we're asking for just a fresh experience of you. We pray your blessing over Mountain View Baptist and Pastor David, their team, and the leadership that's there. We're asking that you would leverage them to, uh, they're in the northwest side of Tucson, to, to reach the neighborhoods around them, to be an influence for good in the world. God, to, to leverage them just like we're asking that you'd leverage us to make a difference in, in our sphere, in our reach, wherever our people get to stretch and be placed in the city. We're asking that you'd help us to shine your light and to give your hope and your love to the people that we interact with. And so, Father, we're asking tonight for your spirit to move in our midst as we worship you, as we look into your word. God, would you be the God who answers prayers, who meets your people, and interacts, and we're asking for a fresh encounter with you tonight, we pray in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. 
away Tries to steal what you've saved Saying I have no reason to praise I will give thanks Oh, I will give thanks When the roar that I hear Is the voice of my fear Trying to silence this hope in my heart I will give thanks Oh, I will give thanks A song of thanksgiving is my battle cry With joy is my weapon I stand and defy The light of the dark With my hands lifted to the sky Oh, I will
You give life an eternal spark I call you Cause you mend any broken heart I call you faithful father You finish everything you start My soul was made To respond I know you by a thousand days And to deserve every single one
to fulfill the law and prophets to a virgin came the word from a throne and his glory to a cradle in the
Just take some time and pray for yourself. Maybe some of the words from the songs spoke deeper into your heart. Just pray that over yourself. Father, we're so thankful that because of your great love, you've given your only son who gave himself on the cross for everyone, everyone who is here and everyone who is out there who is not here yet. That's the greatest love of all. We will never be able to understand that. I just hope God that everyone tonight would feel loved by you. Jesus, we're thankful that you ascended to heaven so you could send the Holy Spirit who is now lives in our hearts, in the hearts of those who believe. So we're thankful that the Holy Spirit is here inside of us to guide us, to teach us, to convict us, to lead us into the truth of the Father. So tonight, God, we, we pray that the truth would be known to us. And if there are still parts of our hearts that need to know you and need to be submitted to you, God, would you please reveal that to every heart here? We give it all to you, Jesus. We're thankful for the community of beautiful people where everyone matters. Everyone is loved by you. God, we pray for the work of the Holy Spirit tonight among us. We give it all to you. We repent and we submit our hearts and our lives before you, God. Would you do your work? We love you. We pray all these things in your precious and beautiful name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. You may be seated. Amen. It's good to worship together and to <clears throat> to spend time together. I know um, when you came in, hopefully you got one of these index cards and you're probably wondering what in the world's it for. Well, I'll tell you at the end of the message. Um, but uh, we are kind of continuing on in our Sermon on the Mount series. This is a series through a sermon that Jesus would have given multiple times. So it's probably known as his most famous sermon. Um, it, it took place on a mount and people did that, but he traveled around as a traveling rabbi and would have done this in many places. And really the whole crux of it, Lyle and I have been looking at this throughout the summer of just, this is kind of Jesus' take on what does it mean to live a life with God and what does it mean to live out the law of, in a way that is kind of walking with Jesus in the way that he's kind of talking about, uh, different than the Ten Commandments 
commandments and different than just trying to appease a holy God, but what does it mean to live in alignment with the way he's designed us to live and, and to kind of play this out in the way that we go? And so um, tonight we're going to be in Matthew chapter 7, and uh, hopefully you've been playing along throughout this. If you missed last week, it was a great message. Lyle did a great job looking at how do you judge people and really what's the call for us to judge like Jesus, which is radically different than the judgment we see in the world around us that we all participate in or that we all witness happening around us. So if you missed that, go back and catch that up. Uh, But here's where I want to pop up a slide here. I want you to fill in the blank because we have all lived with this reality over the last couple years. Are you ready? You're going to play along. You're putting your thinking caps on. Here we go. Go. Okay. Go. Did it crash? There we go. Fill in the blank. Supply chain issues. How many of you have had supply chain issues? I remember my son, I love that guy, he works at Target. And I remember early on, do you remember when toilet paper was scarce? Do you remember that? And people were like kind of, I remember Taylor, we were like, hey, listen, you work at like a, like you're like a frontline worker. Like you could help the family out. Like it's time to live up to what we've expected from you, right? Because like we are running low here. And when you're running low, that's not good, right? And so we're like, hey, you, you get to work early. Like you're the guy who unloads the truck. Like so you actually know that you have it. And so like we need you to kind of confiscate some for us. And so, and like for our neighbors, our neighbors were reaching out to us. They're so, like, hey, Taylor works at Target, right? So like, so we're figuring this out. And I remember him coming home one time. He's like, Dad, I was stocked. I was carrying it out to my car, and there was like two cars driving behind me. They're like, hey, how come you get it? Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I thought I was going to get thugged in a minute. And this is in Ore Valley. And so we were like, hey. Um, but the reality is we've all had to deal with supply chain issues. We've had to deal with it, whether um, so maybe some of you have been in the market for a car, uh, or you bought a car, and then your car dealer's calling you back because they want to buy it back. There's been so many different things. I remember going, and we've traveled a little bit recently, and even when you're traveling, even now, there's issues with there's just not enough workers in places. Or you call in to do like an Uber Eats, and they're like, hey, no, we don't do that after six o'clock because we're slammed. We don't have the people and the personnel to make that happen. And so we all have lived with this reality of supply chain issues. Some good, some bad, it kind of ebbs and flows. That is a reality. But here's what I want you to check at the door tonight. With God, there is never supply chain issues. With God, there is never supply chain issues. Issues, And we're going to look at a passage tonight where Jesus kind of dives into this. And he, he doesn't call it that, but really that's kind of what he's getting at. And so again, this has been going, work, working through the Sermon on the Mount. We've been working our way through it this whole entire summer. We've got a few more weeks. We're going to end with the worship night at the end of July. It's going to be an exciting time. You'll want to be here for that. But in Matthew chapter 7, this is what Jesus lays out. Maybe you've heard this a little bit. He kind of dives back into prayer for the third time. Time that he's hinting at this throughout this one entire sermon that he's giving. He's hit at the Lord's Prayer. We looked at that a few weeks back. And now he's kind of going back into prayer again. There, there's something about Jesus in prayer. And for us, if we're honest, in our cultural moment, in our cultural context, and in, in just the reality of life, 
how do you wrestle with this idea of prayer? What's fascinating is that Jesus taught a lot about prayer. He told parables about prayer. In fact, his prayer life was so activated that his disciples, who grew up religious, okay, it wasn't like there was a blank slate there for them, grew up religious and knew how to pray. And they approached Jesus and said, would you teach us how to pray? Because there's something about the way you pray that we don't get and, and what I grew up with in school or what I understood in the Jewish context, I, I don't see how it correlates to what I'm witnessing in you. So would you teach us to pray? They never asked Jesus to teach us how to preach. They just said, would you teach us how to pray? There was something about the way Jesus prayed. And what's fascinating is, is if you just ask the average American, they will say, well, I pray. And you pray too. When tough stuff happens, we pray and we ask God to be active in that. But why do we seem or feel, maybe you feel this too, why do I feel like I pray so little at times? Prayer has often been replaced in our cultural moment. Prayer is often replaced by thinking. I'm going to think about it. I'm not going to ask God about it. I'll just Google it. And so I Google and I do my own research and I do my own investigation in that and I'm contemplating about things. Or I don't talk to God about it, I talk to other people. And listen, it's important to be able to talk to other people and I hope you have good friends in your life and it's important to maybe have a therapist. It's good to talk to people, that's important. But if you never talk to God about it, then, then maybe that's part of the disconnect. Maybe that's part of the missing peace or the missing link. And, and I know in my own life, there's been ebbs and flows of prayer life. And I don't think I'm alone in that. I think if we would just, you and me at coffee, you'd probably be able to say, you know what, there's moments where I feel like my prayers are like active and it's, it's activated and it's exciting. And there's other times where I feel like if I'm just honest, I'm like praying and it's like it hits the ceiling and bounces back and I, I don't know if it's actually doing any good and is anyone willing to admit that maybe they felt that at times? I think all of us have. And so what is Jesus getting at when he's coming back now for a third time circling back to prayer? I think often we struggle with this. And here's what Jesus launches into in this part of the Sermon on the Mount. He says, verse uh, number 7 in Matthew chapter 7. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened to you. Or the phone will ring. Okay. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, you'll give him a snake? If you then, though are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything, do to others what you'd have them do to you, for this sums up the law and the prophets. See, beginning back in Matthew chapter 5, the 5, 6, and 7 is the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is explaining, here's what followers of me, here's what their lifestyle and life attitudes are to be about. Here's what they're to have. I want you to ask to seek, and to knock. The ability to live for God is found in the midst of this experience. The ability to live for God. We may have seen Jesus teach a whole bunch of things here in the sermon, and you may have felt, like I have felt at times, like, wow, this seems really drastic. How in the world am I supposed to do this? 
And Jesus is coming back to you now the third time. This is how you do this. You ask, you seek, and you knock. It's to live with this dependency upon God, that God is big enough and he is able to minister and to meet your needs. These are active verbs. These are in the present tense, which means they're indicating that they are to be a continuous activity that we engage in. That as followers of Jesus, if you would call yourself a follower of Jesus, maybe you're here and you're just investigating, and that's awesome. We want this to be a place where you don't have to be part of the convinced to belong where you can actually be in this journey with you. And for some of us who have said yes to Jesus, what Jesus is getting at is, listen, this is not a one and done kind of thing. This is an ongoing, all the time, every single kind of day, kind of lifestyle that you're to live, to ask, to seek, and knock. You keep doing that. You keep living with this consistent kind of prayer. For everyone who asks, he says, receives. And everyone who seeks will find. And everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. It's what God said to the prophet Jeremiah. You will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all of your hearts. These three words, ask, seek, and knock. And it seems like Jesus is saying, it's going to happen. But what about when it doesn't? What about when it doesn't? Because I, I bet, like you, like me, there's been moments where I've prayed, I've asked, I've seeked, I've knocked, I'm asking God to be active in my life, to, to intervene maybe where I needed some intervention, to need some assistance where I needed some assistance. And it seems like it was silent. It seems like the, the answer, the, the knock on the door didn't go answered or didn't get answered. So what happens then? What do you do in those moments? And the challenge is that Jesus continues to come at us and say, listen, you keep asking. You keep seeking, you keep knocking. There may be feeling like there's a silence, but God will not ignore you. He will be active in it. Now, you may get an answer that you don't like, because here's the truth of God's answers. Sometimes his answer is no. Sometimes his answer is yes. Sometimes it's not yet. Sometimes it's I have something better. And when you're looking for one particular answer, and you don't get that particular answer, it's sometimes hard to swallow. It's sometimes hard to accept. But every parent knows this and understands this. How many of you are parents in the room? Uh, how many of you have had the request before of, hey, Dad, can I have some candy? It's 4.55 in the afternoon. Um, no. Because I don't know if you've noticed, your mother has been working on, like, dinner. Or um, it, it's not maybe your mom working on dinner. It's she's looking at dinner has gone awry, and she's getting ready to call me to go get dinner somewhere. Maybe whatever has happened. But, like, she's been working on this, and, like, we're five minutes away from dinner. So, like, candy is not on the rolls right now. But, Dad, I want candy. Okay. I'm glad that you want candy. You ain't going to get it at this house. If you would like to move, move to a different house and live with a different family, then good luck with that. But it ain't going to happen at this particular house and at this particular time. You need to be delayed. And sometimes as parents, we redirect. Sometimes we're just very direct, no. Sometimes it's not yet, I appreciate that desire, but tell you what, tomorrow we can do that, but not today. It's not going to live out that way. Prayer is not a magical way for us to obtain everything and whatever we've wanted. 
God is not a genie who grants us unlimited requests and wishes. He is a heavenly father who knows and has our best at heart. Prayer is about communing relationally with our maker and getting his heart a little bit more drilled down into us. It's about our request, understanding, and being in harmony with his will and what he deems best. And sometimes he sees things from vantage points that we don't have and that we don't see. And it's okay for us to understand that. Knowing God takes faith and focus and follow through. And Jesus assures us, your prayers will be answered. If you're a follower of Jesus and you're asking, that's what he's wanting us to do is to be one who is a follower of Jesus who approaches and says, I can keep asking, I can keep seeking, I can keep knocking. Even if I feel like it's not happening yet, I can keep at it. Your friends, or friends, your efforts are not voided by God. Even when the doors seem closed or not quite opened yet, you continue to ask and seek for his knowledge and his patience and his wisdom, his insight, his love, and his understanding. Jesus goes back and he's arguing with this lesser to greater. He's saying, listen, you keep asking and seeking. Like, this is to be a prayer pattern of your life because you have a heavenly father who is alert and who's aware, who's not aloof, and who wants to be in communication with you, wants to be in connection with you, which of you, he goes on to say, if your son or your daughter asked you for bread, that you would give them a stone? Like, no good parent would do that. Or if, you, if they were to ask for a fish, you would hand them a snake. Like, if you, though you're evil, I mean, think about that for a second. <laughs> Jesus, and just offhanded, if you, though you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your kids, how much more? Does your perfect heavenly father know how to give good gifts to his kids? In Luke chapter 11, where this parallel passage happens in the Sermon on the Mount again, it says where he's given the Holy Spirit. And so it's not just material blessings, it's his presence and his very relationship with you, his living life with you, his presence with you. If God is the one who created kindness, I think he understands it better than anybody. And so if we know how to express this, and we're broken, how much more, Jesus is saying. See, God doesn't have supply chain issues. He's not reluctant. God is not selfish or begrudging or stingy. His followers don't have to beg or grovel when they come with their request. He is a loving father who understands and cares and comforts and is willing to give good gifts to those who ask. And so he's challenging us. Ask, continue to ask, keep seeking, keep knocking. If humans can be kind, imagine how much more God is. See, we ask because God is highly relational. That's what he longs for to have with you, is a longing in this deep relationship that's ongoing. It's not to be this just spiritual exchange. It's this relationship that's going. Prayer is about us participating with God and what he's up to in the world. William Barclay, is a, a scholar, writes this, true prayer is asking God for what he wants, 
Not just always what we want. That's what means being in alignment with him. Seeking his will. This is Jesus even in the garden. Father, I want your will to be done. I'd like this to play out a different way. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't I in that moment? But I want your will to be done. I want to be in alignment with you. I want your will to be done. This is a progressive prayer rhythm that we're to have, to ask, to seek, to knock. What do we normally seek? What do you normally seek? How many of you have lost your keys before? Yeah, they're valuable. You seek them. We normally seek things of value or things that have been lost that we're looking for. Seeking is more. See, these, this is ask. This is verbal. This is seeking. This is like intentional. This is looking, overturning over things. This is knocking. This is physical involvement. This is Jesus laying out this rhythm of prayer that we're to have that isn't just whimsical. It's actually active and participatory. This is the idea that we are activating our faith in God. We are growing our faith in him. We are being dependent upon him. This is the writer of Hebrews, writes in Hebrews eleven six. This is the idea of putting our faith and growing our faith in him. Without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who what? Who earnestly seek him. This isn't treating God as a genie. This is treating God as a heavenly father, which is what Jesus has been driving home this entire sermon. It is for his followers, his people, to understand what God is truly like. This is why he takes the whole time in the Lord's Prayer to set up, okay, you want a blueprint, a prayer? Here's what it is. Let me help you. They're asking, Jesus, would you teach us how to pray? Okay, I'm going to teach you how to pray. Our Father in heaven. This is how you approach God. He is your heavenly Father. He's dialed into you. And even before he starts the Lord's Prayer, he gives these words. Remember, this is the last time we looked at prayer. Uh, Verse uh, 7 in chapter 6, And when you pray, don't keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think they'll be heard by their many words. Don't be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you even ask Him. Your Father already knows what you need. So why do I pray, Jack? Like, if He already knows what I need, why do I have to pray? No, no, you don't just pray, you ask. And you seek and you knock. That's what Jesus is saying. See, prayer can become very whimsical, can become very casual, can become very offhanded. Here's my laundry list, God. Help. Listen, there's times for that. Some of my best prayers in life sometimes are God, help, 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 help. But that's not my only prayer. And that's not the invitation of prayer. That's not the invitation of ask, seek, and knock. Ask, seek, and knock is highly relational. It's highly participatory. It's a major investment of my time, my mind, my energy, even physically, to be involved in the process. It isn't something that's just casual and haphazard that you do on a whim as you drive down the road. It can be that. That's one expression. But if that's the only expression, then friend, you're not asking, seeking, or knocking. You're just kind of throwing up a prayer arrow. 
sometimes prayer arrows are good and they're necessary. It's with the energy you have in the moment. But if that's all you ever have, then you're missing the invitation of Jesus. Our Father knows what you need before you even ask. The creator of the universe is aware of actually what's going on in your life. The ultimate reason Jesus' followers are not supposed to pray and babble on like the Gentiles is because God already is present with them. He's alert. He's aware. This reality changes everything. We don't come to God trying to get his attention. We don't come in prayer trying to inform God of what's happening and explain so that he can get caught up and understand what's going on. We come in prayer not to perform, but to receive. And that is the point of what Jesus is saying. You are to ask, you are to seek, and you are knock. You are to come to prayer as one who receives, not to do anything else. Because you have a heavenly father who already knows what you need. You have a heavenly father that's already alert and aware. He's not aloof and distracted by the running of the universe. He can do that just fine on his own. And he still has time for you. You, you follow a father who doesn't have supply chain issues. Who owns everything. Who, who is alert to, to what's necessary and what's needed. And actually has your best at heart. The other place Jesus alludes to prayer in here is when he talks about how we all get caught up in worry. Remember Matthew chapter 6? No, no, you're to seek first the kingdom of God. God will care for you better than the lilies of the field. Don't let your concerns be so caught up with everything that you are, are trying to chase after. You set your heart on God. You set your heart on the heavenly Father. And he will take care of everything else. Ask, seek, knock. Ask is an acronym, A-S-K. Ask, seek, knock. Isn't it interesting that Jesus is driving home? Ask with simplicity. This is how children ask. Can I have this? And as parents, sometimes we say yes. Sometimes we say wait. Sometimes we say no because we want something better for you. But we're not allowed to ask we are God's kid. We can seek with intensity. That seeking brings a discovery that just merely asking doesn't let you find. But when you go seeking something, there's an intentionality behind that and a discovery process that's in there. You search for the deeper things. I think that's what Paul gets at when he writes in Colossians 2. My goal is that you be encouraged in heart united in love so that it may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that you may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. That there's a, when you seek, there, there's a deeper depth that you can get to than just seeing things on a surface. You know this to be true. When you search with intentionality, you discover things on a deeper level. You can knock with persistency. Knocking says, listen, I need a response, God. I need your activity. I need your help. I need your involvement. I need your wisdom. I need your discernment. And I'm going to keep knocking. I'm going to keep asking. You're looking for that. Knocking is not something that's referred to a whole lot in the Bible. In fact, you can only find about three or four places. But one of those places, <clears throat> Revelation 3.20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. 
If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. Who's saying this in Revelation 3.20? Jesus is. Jesus is the one who's saying this. And typically we talked about this as kind of a, an invitation kind of verse. Someone who's never, never, maybe never been a believer in Jesus, never really put their faith and trust in him, that this is a verse we may use to say, hey, Jesus is knocking on the door of your heart. Will you say yes to him? And the truth is, Jesus is actually speaking to believers in this moment, to this church. And he, what he's saying is, listen, I'm standing here. I'm knocking. I want to come in and relate with you. <clears throat> Will you open the door? See, he's the one knocking. And now he's inviting, in essence, for us to have that same persistency, that same pursuit that says, I want to relate with you. I need your involvement. See, here's the reality statement for today. We are, we are to come to the Father to receive, not exchange. That's the invitation of prayer. That's the invitation of ask, seek, and knock, is we are to come to the Father to receive, not exchange. And that is really difficult in the cultural context of which we live. Because most of us, if we're honest, say, I, I typically live most of my relationships to exchange. Hey, I'll do something nice for you, and, and you'll do something nice for me. Or, hey, you have this goods and services, so I will give you the money and resource to pay for such good services and goods that are necessary, and there's this exchange that happens. And our whole world functions this way. And so we approach most of our relationships, most of the exchanges that we have with this exchange mentality. And what Jesus is driving home to with our, the Lord is our, our Father. He knows what you need before you ask. And what he's driving to home again here is this ask, seek, and knock. You are to come to the Father to receive. You're not to come to the Father to try to exchange something. This isn't you trying to barter with God. This isn't us trying to say, okay, God, uh, I've been working really hard at doing this, and then I need you to respond this way in my, in my prayer life. I need you to respond this way in this situation that I have going on. I need you to move. Listen, you may need God to do that and may move that, but this is not an exchange moment. This is what Jesus is driving home. Ask, seek, and knock. You're to come to the Father who already knows what you need because he wants to relate with you. He wants to actually take you on a discovery of knowing him more deeply. Prayer is not approaching God to try to barter or to posture. This is about having a, a, a receiving mentality where God can replenish you as a good heavenly father. Because what is Jesus driving home? Hey, listen, if you, though you're evil, know how to do this for your children, how much more? Does God want to give good gifts to you? And then he summarizes with this golden rule, which we'll pick up with next week, this idea um, <clears throat> of this ethic that Jesus puts over this entire message, over this entire sermon. You've heard it as the golden rule. We'll circle back to it next week. But this issue of, of prayer is something that's meant to be that we're invited into. So here's how I want to close tonight, inviting you, to ask, seek, and knock. For us to do this individually, for us to do this corporately, 
and for us to do this uh, together as a way. And so the card that you are given, here's what I'm going to invite you to do. We're going to take a couple minutes, and we're going to go into an, another worship song to close here in a moment. But I want to invite you to actually take a moment here <clears throat> to write out a couple prayer requests. On one side of the card, you're going to write out maybe a prayer request of something that you're asking, seeking, and knocking. God, I need your activity, your wisdom, your insight, your guidance, your discernment, whatever it may be in my life around this scenario, around this situation, around this circumstance, whatever that might be for you. What's been on your heart that you're praying for, that you want to bring to God and say, God, I'm asking, I'm seeking, I'm knocking, that you would get involved, that you would help me in this scenario. And so that's the invitation. On one side, you're going to write that out. On the other side, you're going to think about maybe a friend that you have that is either going through a challenge, going through a setback, that you want to offer up a prayer and you're asking and seeking and knocking for God to be active in their life. Or maybe if you don't have a friend that's suffering in that way, maybe you can think about your church. What prayer would you pray over your church? That God, his activity, his blessing, his wisdom, his insight would be upon this place and upon these people. And so the invitation is real clear. <clears throat> I'm going to give you two minutes. I'm going to have you write out your prayer. Here's what we're inviting you to do. Is somewhere in the next two minutes as you finish is to take your card and just leave it on the steps here as an offering of prayer. God, I'm asking, I'm seeking, I'm knocking for your involvement in my life and maybe in the life of a friend or the life of our church. And maybe you don't want to rush up here and do that. That's fine. Maybe during the final song as we worship together, I'm going to invite you to come up and just lay it on the stairs. Uh, the reason you're laying it on the stairs is that our staff this Tuesday is going to take these cards. You don't have to write your name on it. In fact, you don't. Just leave it anonymous. And our staff's going to pray with you on this Tuesday. We're going to take an hour, and we're going to sift through them and say, God, we're asking, we're seeking, and we're knocking. And here's what we're asking for. For God's activity in your life this week. I believe there are no supply chain issues with God. I believe he can move. I believe he's willing to. I believe he longs to. Now, you may not get the answer you want. And friend, you have a good heavenly father who knows what's best for you. I don't always get everything I pray for. I don't get the answer I want all the time. I do get the wisdom and insight that I need. And I get redirected, and I get lovingly shown, no, this is better. Sometimes it feels quiet. But that doesn't mean God's not moving. It just means I haven't alerted to the answer yet. And so, Father, that's what we're doing these next couple minutes, <clears throat> hitting pause in our life, God, each one of us is on a, a spiritual journey that's maybe at different places with you. But prayer is this all-skate kind of invite for us to ask, to seek, to knock. That those who ask will receive. Those who seek will find. Those who knock, the door will be opened. Jesus, you said that.
not me. So Jesus, we're asking, we're seeking, we're knocking that you would present uh, your activity, your wisdom, your discernment in the lives of the people that are presenting requests to you tonight. That even this week there would be glimpses of answers and of hope and of insight, of wisdom. And as we worship you here in this next song, Father, we're, we're bringing these prayers, just like Jesus said, that we're to do this. And if we know how to do good gifts to our kids, how much more do you, as our good heavenly Father, know how to give good gifts to us? And so we're asking, we're seeking, and we're knocking tonight. I've been strong and I've been broken within a moment. I've been faithful and I've been reckless at every bend. I've held everything together and watched it shatter. I've stood tall and I have crumbled in the same breath. I have wrestled and I have trembled towards surrender Chased my heart adrift and drifted home again Plundered blessing till I've been desperate to find redemption And every time I turn around, Lord, you'll still there
This kind of love is who you are It's a grace I could never add To be somebody you still want But somehow You love me as you find me Yes, Lord You follow a heavenly father who already knows what you need and who asks you, who implores you. You keep asking, you keep seeking, you keep knocking. I won't turn my back on you. And so Father, I'm praying on behalf of my friends. God, would your activity with your awareness, your attention, your affection, your insight, your abilities, your resource, your wisdom, your discernment, your involvement be in their life this week. These requests, they're requests that need answers, that need to see your activity. But even more than just these requests, these people, need to see and know that when they ask, you will answer. When you seek, they will find. When they knock, the door will be open to them. So Father, be true to who you are. May we praise you as we see you at work, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Delighted to have you with us again tonight or tune in online. Uh, just as we kind of continue to wrap up in here in the summer, we're enduring the heat of the summer, um, but we're going to have a great worship night as we finish up Sermon on the Mount here the end of July, and July 31st is our next worship night. Uh, it's going to be a great time together. I invite you to be a part of that. You can invite friends to that if you want. Um, we have the 10-minute party, which is happening in that back corner. Karen's already back there. So if you are new, uh, we throw a 10-minute party every single week just for you. In fact, we have like the best kettle corn this side of the Grand Canyon only for you. Other people have tried to buy it. They can't. It's only for guests. Um, and so if you happen to be brand new, we'd love to meet you, kind of hear your story to last 10 minutes or less. We'll get you, you can sign a connection card there tonight. Uh, dinner, we, go to, we have a big group that goes to dinner afterwards quite often, every single Sunday. And so tonight is Sauce Payway, which is Broadway, just west of Craycroft, if I have that right in my mind. So if that's you, we'd love to invite you if you want to be even for a first time. Uh, you can join us People usually get there in about 25 minutes or so. Um, but thank you for being a part of tonight. We are glad to worship with you. May God bless you and watch over you. May he answer you and may you find him and discover him in greater ways this week. We'll see you next Sunday. I'll meet you at the 10-minute party if you're new.